Good evening. I'm Kate France. And I'm Tabby Tyler. Tonight we're talking about Halloween do's and don'ts. So grab a beverage. It's time for a night in. Halloween, one of the few remaining bastions keeping the Christmas creep at bay. (laughs) The Christmas creep. I mean, that literally sounds like St. Nick is walking around with a gold chain and asking girls to sit on his lap. Or like the creepy uncle at the Christmas party saying, have you been a good girl this year? (laughs) I got a lump in my pocket for you. Ew. Ew. A lump of coal, that is. But the Christmas creep is of course not some loser at the office holiday party, but the phenomenon of Christmas popping up on the shelves before the start of the holiday season. But we're here to talk about the only real holiday, which is Halloween. And specifically, we wanted to talk about what to wear and what not to wear. Can we talk about specifically the what not to wear in terms of sexy costumes? Yeah, the sexy costume has outdone itself in irony to the point of absurdity. It's crossed the boundary of funny into the realm of dull and lacking in creativity. For example, uh, funny would be sexy cat lady or sexy grandma or even sexy Bert and Ernie. Which, for the record, do in fact exist. Thanks, Yandy. Uh, But, you know, (laughs) now we've expanded into the realm of the abstract with costumes of inanimate objects like pizza or corn or, you know sentient house i love sentient house and (laughs) i understand that sexy corn could be a really funny commentary on the values of life in middle america Mm -mm. i just it's like i want to butter her up (laughs) (laughs) but like it doesn't come across that way all i can imagine is some nebraska beauty queen being stuck in this outfit at some county fair hating existence yeah and it's also annoying that it is the default costume for women to be sexy fill-in-the-blank. That's, to be honest, that's the bigger issue for me. I like a sexy costume, but it's so re- rare these days to see a woman's costume that isn't a spandex mini dress with something's face on my tits. And don't forget those requisite leg warmers. It's like they're centaurs or something. Uh, oh my god, sexy Mr. Tumnus. <gasps> Can we please be sexy Mr. Tumnus and sexy Aslan for Halloween? <laughs> uh, actually, I kind of want to be the White Witch so I can go around asking men if they want some of my Turkish delights. <laughs> don't don't sexualize us. I'm going to sexualize myself. But uh, we haven't even entered the territory of hard stops for sexy costumes. If you're a sexy version of any racial stereotype, hard stop. Just no. Abort. A uh, sexy native princess. Nope. Sexy geisha. Not an option. Sexy Anne Frank. Stop. Please stop. I mean, honestly, it doesn't even have to be sexy. Just don't dress as a racial stereotype. Or a race, because a race is not a costume. And now that you've been listening, you listener, it's time for your formal education. (laughs) From two white ladies. On how you should not dress. How not to be a jerk on Halloween. So I have a confession to make. In 1995, I was six years old, and I dressed up as Pocahontas, and I wanted to make this confession before it was unearthed by the media, but I stand before you, earnest, and ready for my crucifixion. 
Don't worry. I, I don't really think this is the capital offense you think it is for a few reasons. A, you were six. B, Disney's Pocahontas was the princess movie of the year. C, Disney's Pocahontas was so far removed from the reality of that situation, she counts as a fictional character in my mind. And lastly, I have one question for you. This is the determining factor. Did you paint yourself brown? Listen, I can paint with all the colors of the wind here, but I did not paint my skin. But this is an interesting topic because two years ago, when Moana came out, there was an epic debate about whether or not parents should allow their children who were not of Polynesian descent to dress as Moana. There's actually an article in Quartz by Priti Varathan called Please Don't Tell Your Kids They Can't Dress Up as Moana This Halloween. And I think everyone should read it because it really helped me understand my own feelings about this subject and the feelings of a lot of people of color. In my situation, my very blonde, blue-eyed daughter has a Moana costume. She loves her so much. I can lip-sync this movie and recite it verbatim. And this is super important to me. I need her to have role models, authority figures, and idols that aren't white. I want her to not be as affected by the white-centric beauty standards and media representation that's the mainstay that's affected me. But I have to guide her through this. It's a good opportunity, personally, to be able to begin having the conversation about race and privilege. She can dress as Moana and emulate her bravery and her spirit, but her race is not a costume. She can't just take it on and off, and the implications of being able to do that are part of a hurtful practice and institutionalized problems. An interesting thing I want to explore, though, is the age at which we stop dressing up as our role models from other races. So, for example, I love Tiana, but I'm not likely to don a green dress and throw my hair up into a bun. I'm not going to attempt Beyonce. Oh, even though we worship Beyonce, uh, my way of emulating Beyonce is attempting to run on a treadmill and belt out a song the way she does. It's impossible. I, it's, I, I, like, I don't understand. I, but I am part of that beehive. Like, <laughs> we both are. Mm -hmm. But you are bringing up an interesting point. I'm a cosplayer. And as a cosplayer, we see this conversation about race and costumes all year long, not just once a year. And ultimately, this is because we are adults dressing as our idols, except in our case, they're cartoon characters and comic books just like a kid would. Something that gets brought up a lot is whether or not white adults should be dressing as characters of color. One of the biggest consensuses is no. We have more than enough options to choose from, and besides, what white woman is so truly identifying with Okoye from Black Panther that she absolutely can't abstain and has to cosplay her? And many are believing that this is a colonizer instinct or a white feeling of entitlement. Others believe you should be able to dress as anyone as long as you don't black or brown face, and some even believe that that is acceptable, as long as it's meant to honor the character and not satirize them. This conversation is complicated because black and brown face has such a long history in the U.S. and internationally, and representation in pop culture for people of color is an uphill battle. Personally, I'm going to say, never do brown face. Yeah, no, I can't empathize with people who think it's, like, necessary to pull off a costume. It's not. No. And I mean... 
you've told me before that there are actors who you've met who have been made very uncomfortable yeah at at cons you know you'll have black actors and actresses be approached by a fan who's put a lot of work and effort into this costume and feel like the skin painting is necessary but all it does is make these actors extremely uncomfortable and they're pretty vocal about it Mm. but they're also trying not to alienate a fan base Mm -hmm. so i see the bad position they're in But even with the nuance, I think that there are some things we can just accept as guidelines because while an individual can make any decision they want, certain costume decisions will result in people being hurt and they can avoid that. So, for example, blackface and brownface is unnecessary to establish who your character is. And if it isn't, it's a bad costume. 2001 Justin Trudeau. I mean, come on. We knew he was Aladdin. It was so unnecessary (laughs) when you're dressing up in satire do as my mother says punch up not down and you can dress as an arrogant president or a drunk housewife but probably not gonna be a hit at the party if you show up as an offensive stereotype like a drunk irishman or mexican yeah drunk irishman is for saint patrick's day let's leave it there where everybody is drunk and everybody is irish (laughs) everybody's irish on saint patty's (laughs) day that's right uh but stereotypes are hurtful and the concept alone of a race being a costume plays into that painful history that many marginalized groups endure as part of a society of white supremacy It's literally the least you could do to not contribute to this larger problem by just not participating in this way and choosing to take this opportunity to be fucking cool and just not do it. Yeah. Don't hurt other people. You have an opportunity here to not be a giant tool bag. Take it. How about we take a quick break? All right. Hey, what's that you're drinking? Uh, well, you poured it for me. <laughs> you poured me about an inch of Stoke Coffee. Stoke Coffee. Stoke Coffee, which is exactly what I asked for. I'm one of those inch of fluid people. <laughs> Whereas I go for a full glass of all my caffeinated beverages. <laughs> Regardless, the point is, we need coffee to get through this. And uh, if you're looking for coffee to get through whatever you're trying to get through, we recommend Stoke. It's an iced coffee that comes in unsweetened, slightly sweet, and protein varieties. I prefer the unsweetened variety. I love slightly sweet. And your husband loves the protein one. So there's something for everyone. (laughs) So enjoy a nice cup of iced stout coffee. This message was definitely not paid for by stout coffee. There is an interesting nuance, though, and I think we should address it. The, if an alien character is blue, purple, you know. Green. Green. But they're portrayed by a black actor. Can a white person dress as that character? There's so many layers to this one. Because the big problem is that... In science fiction and fantasy and superhero films, generally, minorities play aliens. Um, Both women of Asian descent in the Marvel universe 
play aliens. One is painted blue, the other has antenna. Um, until Black Panther, the only black woman in a Marvel movie, was painted green. So there's issues there with that already. And you can understand why people of color would feel like these characters are people of color. They're coded that way. Then you've got characters like Klingons, who until Deep Space Nine and Star Trek were really only played by black people or were painted brown in the original series. And the Klingons are extremely problematic in several different ways, but they, they've evolved in a positive direction as the show has evolved. Right, right. Because now a character, a person who dresses in Klingon, if they're white, they'll put on the prosthetic, they'll blend, but they won't go straight wharf and try to paint their skin black. I, I will say I've never, ever seen a white person be wharf. Mm -hmm. That seems like like he is he is the sacred cow of Star Trek. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We don't do that. Um, but yeah, there's there's a delicate balance. There's nuance there. And I'd like to think that the con community is pretty sim sensitive to it. But you know, are you telling me that Gamora, a green woman, can't be pl cosplayed by a white woman? You know, it's it's like that's a weird line in the sand to have. But it's there. And that's kind of our point. When it comes to characters and costuming, there's a weight to it because of history, because of decades of inequality in media and representation. And so it's not as simple as a woman costuming a green character it's a white woman costuming a character played by the only black woman in Marvel up until a point. Mm -hmm. And while it's easy to say it's just a costume, it's looking at the problem from a place of privilege because it's not just a costume to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Well, I suppose that brings us to our big finale. And so uh, here's your public service announcement. This is your holiday shopping guide. Are you feeling indignant? Is PC culture getting you down? Are you thinking, I can't come up with a costume that's not going to hurt someone's feelings? Well, we are here to tell you you can. You really, really can. Here's your checklist for your culturally sensitive Halloween experience. Is this costume of a fictional character? Yes. Go ahead. Can you tell who the character is without painting yourself brown? Um, well, no. Hard stop. But, but I really want to paint my skin to be authentic to the character. Did you hear me? I said stop. Does this costume represent a horrible stereotype? No. Go ahead. Is any part of your costume sacred or spiritually significant to another culture? Well, yeah. Hard stop. But can't I dress as the Pope? I said punch up. Does your child want to be a Disney princess of color? Yes. Does your child want to be this character because they admire them or because they want to be brown for a day? Admiration. Go ahead, but don't paint them and use this as a learning opportunity to teach them the nuances about experiencing other cultures. Can I take the trope of sexy costume so far beyond irony it becomes insensible? Sure. Can I be a sexy desk lamp? Yes. Can I be a sexy goldfish? Go for it. 
Can I be a sexy metaphor for the relationship between pre- and post-World War economic policies? <laughs> I kind of want to see you try. Can I be sexy Harambe? I mean, you are absolutely capable of making that decision. On the website Yandy, there is... Stop. Please, stop. Just, just be cool.